welcome back to Hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know the English language about. I'm Jack Frankfurt, the best club at the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian in KC. You can follow me on Twitter at HEF. Uh, the show on Twitter that is at HEF Pod. Find me at KCSGE. Sometimes when uh, I'm not in control of everything, you can find a great Instagram handle that is Hey, I Drink Frankfurt, run by Matt, not myself, who just. Uh, screws up all the time when they run through this intro. So I'm going to go the rest of this podcast flawlessly by saying that you can get find all the instant know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt at facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. Still in the process of building H-E-F-Pod.com. A little bit more on that later in the episode. And yeah, if you want to get in contact with any of our social media uh, accounts, you can also email us if you happen to go that route. And that is Frankfurt at gmail.com. So, I don't do this podcast alone. This time, I brought the man who is better equipped at handling intros than myself for various, for other episodes of the podcast is Chris in Detroit. Hey, bud. Save me here. Oh, Brian. You know what? It's good to be back. I took a week off, a couple weeks off. Um, happy to be back. I'm happy to know that the diva is alive. She is well. She did not die off in Spain back in May. Uh, we're going to talk about it. It's been an interesting week. There's a lot going on, and I'm really excited to get into it. Wow. Get into it. We shall. I'm Chuck Frankfurt. Yes, we uh, had that badge conspiring. Less said that about. Uh, less said about that, the better. And, uh, yeah, let's move on to something that was a little bit better of a performance because, you know, it was great seeing all the different camera angles for Eintracht versus Bayern. But when you have that match right out the gate and Bayern is honestly the way that they are, you know what? Uh, sometimes you get a Gladbach who holds their own. Sometimes you just get pummeled. And uh, Bayern has a great history of pummeling teams when it comes to that opening match, minus last year's match against Gladbach. So we move right on to the European match where Eintracht played at least better against another team. Uh, there's anywhere between ten to 18,000 Eintracht fans who made the trip to Finland, to Helsinki, to play Real Madrid, a team that Eintracht lost to in their uh, in another European final. Uh, what the Champions League uh, was, the European Cup. Uh, we went to Glasgow for that one in 19 and 60. Uh, there's no one who's been on the podcast who was alive during that time. That includes Armin Kranz, who was uh, part of the EFC New York crowd watching there. Apparently, we had a lot of people turn out. Big Tom was there leading the charge as they did against DeBayan on Friday. Um, Chris, you had a watch party going on for this in the Motor City. How, how did things fare in Corktown? You know, it was a light showing in Detroit. Um, it- Here's the thing, and I think we kind of forget this because the idea of playing for silverware is so exciting. Uh, Anytime you have the opportunity, you want to make the most. This is really a glorified friendly. Uh, It's the start of the season. Kind of like the DFL Super Cup. 
Yeah, it really is. Uh, two teams that are going to the Champions League. There's not a lot to play for, especially for Real Madrid. It was an opportunity for us to see what we have on the table, um, and how we stack up against a quality, quality, the top-tier competition. Um, you know, our turnout was light for the watch party. It's a Wednesday afternoon. What are you going to do? But uh, shout-out to the people at McShane's in Detroit. Excellent place to watch a match, and uh, the food is always awesome. So we'll be back there again. Um, but as far as the match goes, you know, I think we went into it just hoping to see a good performance, and, you know, maybe we could shock the world again like we did against Barcelona or Rangers or any one of the other teams that we played last last spring. But it, as the match went on, you kind of got the feeling that the longer it went on nil-nil, the more it worked into our favor. Uh, Real Madrid just really came out trying to feel things out but not trying to be too aggressive. And I thought we did a good job taking the opportunities that were given to us early. And even though we obviously came out on the short side, I thought it was a good rebound performance compared to the way we played against Bayern the previous Friday. Um, anytime you get 42% possession against Real Madrid, you get a few shots on goal, a few that are, are at least one, I think two that are one-on-one with the goalie. Um, we couldn't capitalize, but for a you know big stage, early season friendly, I'm not too disappointed by the result. Yeah. I just figured that if the Eintracht did win, I was uh, debating in my head uh, which building in Detroit you would place the biggest Eintracht Frankfurt flag you could have. I didn't know if you're going to go to the Ally Detroit Center or the Detroit Renaissance Center. Uh, those are two buildings that are super tall in the city of Detroit. Or if you'd go old school and just drape a big old Eintracht uh, black and white uh, flag from the Penobsk uh, building. I don't know how you pronounce that one. <laughs> Spoken like a true non-Midwesterner. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. The Guardian Building. Let's let's just leave it at that. Unless, of course, you want to go to the Book Tower, the uh, the one that I would highly suggest, since it is also completely empty, and no one would have bothered you, Chris, if you were draping it's that not, along the side. It's not what? empty. It's no longer empty. Not empty. Huh, interesting. It's New Detroit. New Detroit. People live there. <laughs> The animosity that I'm feeling through the computer screen is pantomount right now. And, of course, had had this been a result for the Eintracht, I would have been at the very top of one Kansas City place, the tallest building that is in the state of Missouri. And I would have draped a wonderful Eintracht flag from the top and then probably been arrested immediately by security. Anyways, that did not happen. Two to nothing was the result. But considering what had happened in the previous match, this is definitely a step forward. Eintracht looked better in multiple ways, uh, having multiple uh, multiple times threatening the Real Madrid goal. Um, I look at it from the standpoint. Uh, Kamada, mm, had, it, had he put away that goal, honestly, I think that Real Madrid really would have been pissing their pants uh, at that moment in time. But look, the the two goals came down to two moments where 
you know, the goal scorer was not tracked by the defender. Uh, so the corner kick that Alaba put in at the end of the first half completely could have been uh, stopped. Could Kevin Trapp have saved it? Yeah, but you're kind of asking a lot there. And the second one where Karim Benzema uh, scored, just saying, if you monitor him, uh, you're usually going to prevent him from scoring. So, uh, uh, just hey, this is this is what happens when you are you try and do everything. You try and do too much against a team who, let's be real, the players all knew and have watched Champions League time and time again. I mean, these guys have just not just are draped. Like if you looked, put all their winners' medals on like mannequin statues, like. You won't be able to see the chest, uh, the Benzema statue, or the Modric statue, or Courtois, Kors. I mean, these guys have so many trophies, so many medal- winners medals. These guys are serial winners, and that's, I would say, this is a learning moment for the team. They're going to take a lot from this going forward, and uh, there's... This is going to be this is the teaching moment that we really needed and guess what it's happening before the group stage uh, draw before the group stage gets underway cuz if we have a really really tough draw it could be difficult to get into the top 2 and yet this this might be that this might be the lesson that we needed to kind of make sure that we don't screw the pooch and yeah that's all I got to say on that you know, I'm going to go X's and O's for about a minute here uh, because it's not a match you want to dwell on. There's there's certainly, you know, it's frustrating anytime you lose. But like I said earlier, this is really, it, it's a silverware matchup, but it's a glorified friendly. And that's exactly how it was played by Real Madrid. And I don't want to treat it like it was a major cup loss, like a, a loss to Rangers would have been back in May. This was not at that level of urgency. But um, a couple points on the goal scored relative to where we were against Bayern last Friday. Uh, the goal by Alaba. Uh, it, I mean, he's a face we've seen a million times because he spent forever with Bayern Munich. Um, you don't leave a player of his caliber unmarked in the box. I, I feel like Tuta overplayed the ball a bit. Um, he's got to let Trap play the ball either one-on-one with the player along the goal line and mark the uh, the offensive player in the box. Whatever. It was a mistake. It happens. And not obviously leaving Benzema unmarked at the penalty spot, pretty much. Um, he's going to score from there nine times out of ten. Even though Trap got a hand on it, I don't expect him to stop that. That's just a world-class goal scorer in a perfect position. So... The, the point I was going to make, though, is relative to where we were against Bayern last Friday, letting players behind us, allowing guys to get just in insane positions and make just the easiest runs to open positions. We had a couple lapses today, uh, but by no means were we easily taken advantage of defensively. We still have some things to work out, obviously, with that back line. But I thought, given the attack that was thrown at us, or that we expected to be thrown at us, um, I'm not entirely disappointed with the way our defense played. 
I think there's still some questions about back three, back four. How are we going to make up for the loss of Kostic on the left side? How is that all going to fall on Indico over there? Um, obviously, I think he's going to stay now. If they sell him, then we should scrap the entire board because that would be the stupidest move of all time. Um, but that, I don't know. I want your thoughts on this because I don't feel like the two goals that were allowed were, you know, they, they're they the kind of goals that happen in the run of play, but by no means were they complete collapses in defensive structure. I would agree with that. Um, I do think that just – I think that the heat of the moment you're playing against Real Madrid, you just want to be all over the place. Like just keep a cool head and play the – do the simple things. And both of those goals are prevented. And you know what? Maybe another Lindstrom moment. Maybe another Kamada moment. And goals are scored. Who knows? Um yeah, he mentioned someone out on the left-hand side of the pitch was not there. It's not going to be there going forward for the Eintracht. Got to kind of make our adjustments where we can. I thought Linz, actually, so on two times, he kind of turned Carvajal on a dime. And you know what? If he had just had a little slight bit more control of the ball, he had perfectly turned that boy around. And could have made a great opportunity for the Eintracht. Just got to work on that move maybe a few more times in practice. But Lentz looked good to me today. I think Lentz is is good for now. I don't think he's the answer in that position. Um, But I think he's serviceable, especially with a couple matches coming up in the table in the, the the domestic schedule where I don't think there's as much firepower coming up against him. Maybe he can focus a little more offensively. Um, but he, he did okay today. Uh, a couple other guys that were really good. Jesper Lindstrom. I know I've been on him since the day he arrived, but he is an absolute spark plug for this offense right now. And we're not seeing a lot of goals scored. You know, Bayern held us tight. Real Madrid held us scoreless, but the goals are going to come. Um, this isn't the same start we had last year where we could not find even shots on target. We're going to have opportunities this year. We're going to score goals. And I think Jesper Lindstrom is going to be a big part of that. Daichi Kamada played well. He <laughs> always does in European competitions. Yeah, he missed that shot. Um, I thought that he hesitated just a little more. Maybe he could have taken, on the, taken it on the touch prior to the one he did giving himself a little better angle. But you know what? On the whole, um, to get six shots, three on target against a solid, solid Real Madrid midfield and back line and 42%, 85% passing accuracy, 85%. uh, We were happy to go 75% against Magdeburg. So... We're we're getting to that point where, you know, yeah, Real Madrid was allowing us to hold possession without too much of a threat. But just the fact that we're stringing together some passes, um, we're one or two mid to short passes away from getting those those touch and go two on one sort of sort of uh, rushes going. 
So we're going to get there. It's just going to take a little bit more time, but I think we're going to round into form pretty soon. You do think so? Um, I, I am also of that same thinking. Um, I do think that it was probably smarter to put Lince out on the left rather than Ali Du, because asking that 21-year-old, I think, okay, you've got the confidence in Knauf, but the thing is Knauf's been playing at these kind of higher-end levels for a while. You know, he was playing with Bayfall Bay when Terzic and his Bayfall Bay team flew past the Eintracht by the end of the season to qualify for Champions League, leaving us in fifth. Knauf in the spring, you know, it took him a little bit of time, but he started really rounding himself into uh, into great form. Ali Du has been playing in the Zweitliga. Uh, Zweitliga is not playing a freaking team from La Liga at all. Uh, not just any team from La Liga. Real Madrid, the serial winners that we were just that we've been talking about. Um, I think. That in terms of uh, playing out on the left, we're gonna we're gonna have to think some. We're, we gotta we gotta have a role think on who we want out there. Do we want how? Do we want Hauga? We know he can play it, but he typically has been played out on the right. We know we have Ali Do. We have Linz. You know what? Between those person, uh, I mean, tactically, Guru uh, Mauni can play out on the left. We've got guys to do it. I think the way that we're uh, the way the way that we look right now, you know what? I think uh, I think we're fine. We're developing. We're improving match on match. We have a different sort of team to play at the weekend and the Bundesliga, so that will help us out a lot. But. I've got high hopes for Ali Du, and unless we literally signed someone on the left who's going to be the second coming of Philip Kostic, I mean, it's just uh, to me, it's just uh, who's ready to take that step up and uh, kick ass and take names. Because, I mean, one kid who I know that we have, he's out on loan. Uh, I know he can play out the, on. I've seen that he's played on the left and faulty, but you know he also primarily has been used uh, through the center, and he's kind of out on loan. So you know, <laughs> uh, you can only uh, count on so many players at the end of the day. And you know what? Like, okay, if you had thought that maybe Zuber would have stayed with the Eintracht, I don't know if he would have been much better out there on the left. And this is kind of a this is kind of a better test of the Eintracht, uh, of the of the Eintracht in terms of what kind of team we're going to be this season than Bayern was. Bayern just came in ready to blow the doors off of us, and honestly, if you would have thrown Bayern out against anyone within Europe, they would have blown everyone away the way that they played uh, last weekend against the Eintracht. So. You know what? Yeah. You know, if we're going to put it in perspective, we're three matches in. Uh, the match we were expected to win, we took care of business in a very business-like fashion. The two that we were hopeful but realistically had no shot, that's pretty much how it turned out. Today was hopeful, but we had no shot. And last Friday, we don't even need to mention, we got our asses handed to us. Um, but we're right where 
I think we realistically expected to be. And looking back at our assessment of the club early in the year in past seasons here, um, I tend to be harshly negative. You tend to be way too optimistic. And I think we're finally seeing that reality of understanding who we are and where we are right now, which is very uncommon for the two of us. Yeah, well, we got we got pl- we got an entire season to look forward to. It's a we got a lot of action to consider, and we've got a great match coming up this weekend. Now, ways that you can uh, watch the Eintracht, you know, it's going to be ESPN uh, Plus all the way here on end, guys. Uh, unless you're in the Champions League, which Paramount, I did like the pres- presentation that we got on there. I thought that the pre- presenters had a little bit more knowledge of the Eintracht than I was anticipating. So at least they're, uh, at least they're not phoning uh, their coverage and just, you know, kind of giving a hand job to Real Madrid underneath the desk. <laughs> well, you know, we are the, we are still the darlings of Europa league. Uh-huh. We're going to be, we are the reigning champions until next May. And that title does not go away, even if we struggle in the group stage or, you know, I, I still think, depending on the draw, I, I expect us to get out of there. But we are still sort of the darlings of this Champions League, just based on the run we had last year and some of the teams we played through. Uh, I didn't expect as friendly of coverage today as we actually received from the, I don't know if that was a world feed or if that was a CBS feed. Um, but even the studio crew on the CBS feed was, you know, glowing in their remarks about uh, this team. And that says a lot, given that in the past they could barely get our name right, let alone our squad. So it's good to get some positive attention on the national and global spotlight. Exactly, exactly. All right. Um, just kind of throwing it out there. Uh, some elements of Eintracht have also been underway. Frauen are not, so we are waiting for another episode to kind of really give a full-scale preview of Frauen Corner. Uh, really, there's only thing to add to the Frauen is that inter- members of the international team who were not in the knockout phase are back in training, uh, and uh, we're expecting our Austrian and uh, German uh, Eagles to be joining training. I think it's about a week, but by that time, Shots they're back. Were, they're they're all back uh, now. I saw I saw Laura Fragang at training today. Oh, so. there we go. Everyone, I That's I only knew about like uh, some of the Swiss. Back, I only knew about I the know. Swiss girls. Uh, they were back. No, I didn't I, know about the Austrians yet. But then again, those girls. Uh, oh. Those girls really went through it, and uh, yeah, congrats to them on that. Um, so, Eintracht Zwei, the Eintracht Reserves, they happened on the way. Chris, have you been watching them? I haven't. I'm going to be honest, I haven't had the opportunity yet. Uh, I would love for you to share where we can find it, because I'd love to tune in. Um, I'm kind of struggling with uh, where to find <laughs> the information uh, in terms of, we like... find out. Well, look, we're, we're working on tracking that down, but so far, three matches played, one win, 
the only home match was a win. Uh, the three matches played, and so far, two of the players to kind of be of highlight. Uh, the Bayern uh, signing we had from Bayern U19's um, Marcel Vinick, uh, two goals and assists, and the Span- and the Spanish uh, youth international Nacho Fede has also got three goals to his name as well. So a couple of Eagles who are doing all right with the second with the fifth division team on track five and um well it's only three matches so i'm not really looking too in depth uh on the team i think we'll need what what would you say another seven matches before we can start uh asking questions about the reserve team yeah this is an entirely different situation than taking over um the women's club and just putting a new badge on the same players. This is an entirely new lineup and built from scratch time built entirely or mostly or entirely from scratch. And I think that's going to take some time to really evaluate where they are. They don't have the, the same um, month long training session that, that the first team has leading into their season. So it's going to be a bit, it's going to be a bit rocky for a minute. So, all right, so rocks, ice, in a glass. It's time for hashtag what are we drinking? Chris, what do you got for us? Well, uh, something historic today because uh, a streak has come to an end. I was the person on this show that had the um, never broken streak of alcoholic beverages that ended today. Um, I just got tired. I got tired. I was doing lawn earlier. I, so our, our wonderful producer, Nathan from St. Louis, uh, when we met up in Indianapolis last month, gave me a case full of St. Louis's finest beers. And they've been treating me well for the better part of the last month. And I accidentally mowed the lawn while drinking Imperial Stouts this afternoon. And uh, I mean... Doesn't seem like the smartest time, idea? No, that 10% stuff when you're out there in the sun it's beating down on you breathing in the dust it might have had a little too many it got to me but you it know all your brain it did but i thought what can i have to to bring myself back to life to get myself back in proper form for the work day tomorrow to get ready for frankfurt on friday brian what do we drink to make ourselves feel better in this world oh for fuck's sake really verner's Good gravy. Uh, well, is it? Please tell me it's at least the black cherry version. No, I'm having a hard time finding it, but I will find <laughs> the black cherry version this weekend, and I will have a proper review next week. Uh, okay, so you stole my sandwich, or you stole my drink in this case, because that after assembling crib. Uh, packing the hospital bag uh, for the pending uh, trip to there to welcome my son to the world. Uh, yeah, I decided to crack open the newly found case at the grocery store that I found just a couple days ago. Because uh, not all the grocery stores in Kansas have got it. Uh, yeah, I've got the original ginger soda as well. Sitting right here in its gr- the green barrel uh, can. So I'm telling you, I, I don't know where our listeners live, but go out of your way. Find Verner's. If you're in the United States and you cannot find Verner's, hit me up on social media. I will have a case sent to your house. 
it will. And you can sample. <laughs> we're, we're not even paid. I'm just throwing this out there because I love this shit. <laughs> Alrighty, well that's going to wrap it up for hashtag what are we drinking a sober variety and uh, we'll be back segment two where we talk about uh, the transfer news and uh, what is up next for the Eintracht so stay with And we're back, segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Brian and Chris just chatting away about all things Eintracht and a little bit of hashtag what are we drinking, which has really turned into just a total uh, tugfest for a certain beverage company uh, out of, originally out of Detroit. I don't even know who they're technically owned by these days. Dr. Uh, you'd have to look. Oh, really? Huh. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It actually, though, here's a question. Going back to the subject of hashtag, what are we drinking? Is it true that uh, Werner's, if you put it on, it's been used in a glaze with uh, ham for, I swear to God, it was like, uh, like, like one like uh, famous Detroit like uh, Motown singer would use that like as a got like to like season her holiday hands with. Um, you know, I've heard that rumor. Uh, I can't speak specifically to that, but you know, like the beer can chicken is a thing. Um, I've shoved a can of Verner's up a chicken's ass and won the, <laughs> the Verner's can um, chicken. I've thrown it inside of a turkey. I used to use we're talking about Aretha Franklin here, folks. Yeah. In case you were like, who the hell is they talking about? I mean, yeah, Aretha Franklin's subject. But I used to use Verner's, or I used to use uh, Mountain Dew Code Red as part of my glaze for Thanksgiving turkey. Now it's all about the Verner's. I'm telling you, it's and it's medicinal. It's the best thing you can find out there. We are way off topic. We should get back on. Uh, yeah, we probably should. Probably should. Anywho, uh, yeah, so, uh, we already kind of mentioned the front one. There's really not, that's just like trading this moment in time. We'll give them, uh, their moment to shine as the uh, Women's Champions League uh, first round of qualifiers is around the corner where we will have to face off against a Dutch side and the winner of a Swedish side and, uh, no, we're facing the Danish side where we play the winner of a Dutch side versus Swedish side in a single elimination match. And then it's going to be second round is a two-legged affair. And the winner of each of those two-legged matches goes directly into the Champions League knock uh, group phase where there are three teams currently waiting uh, for everyone to kind of get there. And the German champions, French champions, and uh, no, excuse me, four German champions, uh, French champions, English champions, and Spanish champions. And that is uh, who is that? Uh, Leon, that's uh, Leon, Barcelona, uh, Manchester City, and Wolfsburg. This is all going off the top of my head, folks. So, those are kind of rolling with it. Really top teams. Barcelona went undefeated in league play, 
Uh, Man City is loaded with their goal difference was a little bit uh, uh, yeah a little kind of itty I mean they literally were at like 150 or so weren't they I'm cheating right now 148 159 goals scored they conceded 11 (laughs) you cannot do that on FIFA even if you try that is a fact. That is a fact. Anywho, uh, yeah, so not going to be talking about Spanish teams that the Eintracht is playing against. But one player is leaving the Eintracht for a Spanish team, Gonzalo Paciencia. Uh, more of a glue guy than anything else, but uh, good two key goals in the Europa League group phase that honestly, when they did occur, absolutely clutch. And that moment, and honestly led to the team just kind of turning over results in the Europa League. And then, voila, we ended up being the champions. Without him, I don't think we end up uh, European. We don't end up European champions in my book because I think then we end up in uh, the round of uh, 16. Uh, no, not 16. Uh, the preliminary round of 16. And then that just ends up biting us right back in the butt. And. <sighs> yeah, just yeah. freaking uh, great personality to have in the locker room. You saw on social media how many of the guys just were so excited to have him at the locker room. They were celebrating him being a part of the team. And yeah, I really, honest to God, believe that without him on that team, if we had sold him in the off season, we would not have won the Europa League. Somebody needs to End check. story. Somebody honestly needs to check on uh, Timothy Chandler because those two, besides being social media sweethearts, they were really the best of friends that you could find on a, a such an international club like this one. And um, the moment for me in the Paciencia tenure was that Bore penalty kick and the camera view from behind Paciencia on the sideline and just seeing the overwhelming emotion that poured out of him after that that ball went in the net and seeing him celebrate in the streets of Frankfurt after kind of unceremoniously uh, leaving a year prior and it kind of felt like a, a missed opportunity with him and the way things went for him at um, Schalke to return to us and have an opportunity that to then be a European champion it's it's a crazy storyline, and I still wish it had turned out better. Um, he's a good player, just not the right player for what we're looking for right now. Um, but, man, is he a glue guy. And you're right, we're going to miss him. And it's going to be up to someone to step up and fill that role of the glue guy that might not see the pitch as much, but is always there lifting people up. Um, I'm going to miss him a lot. Same here, same here. Um, his uh, his goals led to three points, um, ex- uh, us getting the full three points against Antwerp and salvaging a draw against Antwerp. Kind of, in my opinion, <sighs> look, I'm serious. We don't end up where we're at without him. And, like... We're just not. We're not functioning. We're not doing the the small things without without him. Just as a 
just as a glue guy, you could not have asked for a better. He, he when he left on loan. You're right. When he left on loan, he could have come back and just been just pissed off as hell. And instead, he came to the conclusion that you know what. I'm going to make the most of this opportunity that I have here. And he enjoyed the moment. He was beloved by, like I said, beloved by everyone on the team. I'm going to really miss him. I'm going to, as as things went in his history, could things have gone a little better? Yeah. But the thing is, what we got from him as a player, I... It more was get more was earned from him uh, being a part of the Frankfurt team uh, on on a on a backroom uh, background kind of basis. But you know what? Hit those two leagues in the Europa League. They were clutch. You know, had assist in another goal as well. Sure, only three Bundesliga goals on the season, but he really, really cared about this team. He cared about the club. He he got so much done with us. Like, you know, think about it. I think there's a part of that where we we get caught up in sports, whether it's soccer or any other sport that you follow out there. We get so caught up in the big names and the goal scorers and the ones, you know, you've got Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, the biggest uh, personality in the NFL right now. Um, <laughs> here we in Detroit, we have an aging Miguel Cabrera, who's arguably the, the greatest hitter in modern baseball, who we had the pleasure to watch here for so many years. You get caught up in the names and the accomplishments, but when a team finds success, like a team like Frankfurt, who comes out of nowhere that most people honestly haven't even heard of. It's those glue guys. Even though we've mm-hmm. had the Luka Jovic, I'll be honest, Luka Jovic doesn't even ring a bell to most people in the world of football. Um, Ante Rebic, Alex Meyer, the, the guys that we've loved and adored the last five, ten years, they're, they're big names to us at our club. They're not big worldwide names. But it is the Gonzalo Paciencias and the Alex Myers, those high-level, know-your-role-know-how-you-fit-in-the-system guys that bring titles to clubs like ours. And you can't underestimate... His goal against Benfica. Absolutely. His goal against Benfica in the quarterfinal. Yes, we are getting absolutely mauled. But, you know, get... Get the goal to get it to, you know, what was it yes. like three to two at the time? Um, then that two nothing victory, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Getting that second goal allowed us to get to the semifinal. And without make that run, the run that was made by this past team does not happen. Full stop. You, the little th- little you things, it. just it, little it's, things. It's the little things, and we've talked way too long about a player who, you know, really isn't that top tier player. But you see just what he meant to the players um, on their social media feeds. You see how just how much he meant to them as a friend, as a teammate. What he means to us as fans. That's the kind of thing that makes Frankfurt special. That we lost a guy who averaged like five minutes a game (laughs) and it means this much when you lose him 
that says something about our club that makes it really special, I think. These are, yep, these are the facts. Uh, from one player that we're going to miss to a player that, uh, well, only one person uh, who puts together this podcast will miss. Uh, <laughs> Ali Akman is off to uh, one of the Izmir clubs in Turkey who I just got him. relegated. Huh? I, want, I wanted him here so bad. Yeah, well, you know what? Look, end of the day is that if he ends up, you know, turning out to be a good find, we'll be able to sell him on because if he helps that uh, Turkish Second Division club get promoted back up, they'll pay some money, and uh, it's it'll it'll help the it'll help the financiers of the club. I know I sound horrible, but. <laughs> I'm just saying, at least his salary is being covered right now. Yeah, I mean, it, he, he was also purchased during the last administration, and there's... Yep, and when you change, change when yeah. you change, shit just doesn't work. Right. It, you know, it, it's one thing when you have a Jonas or a Blanco where things just clearly don't work and nobody sees eye to eye. I think Ackman is just... Two different administrations, two different directions, and it's not anything weird going on in the background. It's just a different direction. So, and you know, I think there's also we have a second team now, and they want to, you know, see how we can develop players internally. Something we haven't had the opportunity to do for a while. So, if, you know, we're obviously still going to send guys out on loan. It's the best way to get uh, playing time for quality players quickly. But, yeah. you know, if it's not going to work out in a year, maybe a two-year loan, it's time to move on. And exactly, Ackman's not the first YouTube sensation that's come through and hasn't worked out. Yep. Uh, there's been a few. Uh, we'd spend the next hour going through them all, just driving ourselves absolutely mad. So let's not. And we'll move on to another guy with a K in his name who is leaving. It's all but signed, sealed, and delivered. <sighs> well, our favorite Serbian player of many, many years is going to be leaving the Eintracht. It is a shame, but Philip Kostic's time at the Eintracht is done. It's a shame that he didn't get the final run out against Real Madrid in, uh, in the Super Cup, you know, when he was one of the key cogs that earned us our spot in the the Champions League in the Super Cup. <sighs> Six goals and three assists in the Europa League. Four goals and nine assists in the Bundesliga. His time at Eintracht is not going to be forgotten. 30, 171 matches played, 33 goals, 64 assists. Philip Kostic, you will be missed. And the thing is, it's kind of amazing the way we turned you around because you were looking like a poison chalice, having nearly gotten rele- having gotten Stuttgart relegated, and then getting Hamburg relegated like immediately afterwards. <laughs> People were not wanting to give you a chance. We did, and you ended up being absolutely brilliant for us or these last few years. And yet, you know what's the craziest thing? Is that his most prolific goal scoring season? Guess what season that was? Um, 
It, well, it definitely wasn't last year. Gosh, which one was it? His first season. His first season, right. 10 goals scored in all competitions. Now, he had nine in the 1920 season that we, I think we just went absolutely head over heels in love with him. But, you know, the those two seasons right in a row, just like, just absolutely killing it. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> like year, when, when we had that long COVID pause, uh, mm. he was really part of finding that that turnaround at that midpoint of the year. I remember that real clear. You know, a guy like Kostic, where his impact is, whereas Paciencia is off the pitch, Kostic is entirely on the pitch. And yep. his impact there, he had more crosses than any other player in Europe over the last three years. That's an undeniable fact. And his success rate in putting the ball in places where guys can make contact with it. You don't have an Andre Silva mega season without Philip Kostic feeding him 20 times a game. I mean, that is that combination was unreal. Guys like Luka Jovic, that, um, Sebastian Haller, all those guys played off the left foot of Philip Kostic and... It, it's a hole that we're going to have to figure out how to fill. I don't think it's impossible to fill. And that's not saying that we're not going to miss him because I think we're going to miss him more than we think. But it's that some of the things Kostic did so well were from repetition and just throwing 300 crosses across the goal and finding the three that connect to make it look good. It's not Shooting that, for the far post. It, yeah, I mean, it, that's something where... We can teach that, you know, so there's certain instincts, certain uh, characteristics you can't teach. We can teach a player up to that where we're really going to miss him is his versatility on the wing. Um, you know, he'd go from a scoring opportunity in the offensive end and he'd haul ass back to the box and make a defensive stop. Uh, he had a nonstop motor on that left wing. And for the majority of his time here, we never even had a right wing. It was all him on the left side, and teams knew that, and they still couldn't stop him. So it's definitely something we're going to miss. Um, how much we're going to miss it, I guess, depends on how we decide to fill that gap formationally. Yeah, that's true, and uh, I think we're going to be talking more and more about Phil Kostic leaving. We're going to be talking about it like all season long, walls. Uh, this is kind of a more of a moment to kind of uh, hail uh, Gonzalo Paciencia as one, but yeah, Philip Kostic is <sighs> it, it. It sucks that uh, he's left, um, but the thing was at the end of the day, like if you are from the former uh, country that was Yugoslavia. The, the National League, that is Serie A, has been and always will be the league that they all want to join. And whilst leaving Eintracht for Juventus Turin, sucks. He's going where he is wanted. He's probably always wanted to end up. He just hasn't had that opportunity. And he's like, this is my last shot. This is the biggest name that's ever come around for me. I'm taking it, and 
when when you have a career that's so, when you have a career that's so short, when you have a career that's so short, you can't you can't. I mean, myself from a professionalism standpoint, I'm like I can't fault him for wanting to go that route. So well, you're exactly I just want right. to give him a hug and say goodbye. It's one thing if you know he was leaving to go to uh, Roma. You know, Roma's a name, but Roma's not in a winning position right now. He's not going well, to win something last week or, or name a, a mid table club there. Um, even a Lazio. Lazio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it could have if they didn't fuck up the email address. <laughs> yeah. But, no, honestly, look, we we love Eintracht Frankfurt. That is our club. It's why we do this show every week. But he would be stupid not to go to Juventus if given the opportunity. They're yearly competitors for a Champions League title. That's not that's not anything against Frankfurt. You know, I think he really enjoyed his time here. He, he had the opportunity to stay and you know to retire as a club legend. He chose to go yep. a different route. I'm not going to fault him for that. This is his career. It's his pocketbook. Um, he doesn't owe us anything. He gave us his best. He gave us silverware. And that's his choice to go. And that, you know, I wish him the best of luck there. Same here. <sighs> Same here. Uh, well, uh, yeah, instead of us getting all triggered and uh, uh, emotionally throwing up all over ourselves because he's leaving, you know what? Uh, it's the exit of an Eintracht legend, in my viewpoint. And for a guy who is only here for, what, four seasons? Not one to forget. Not one to forget. One match that uh, we won't be, haven't forgotten about is this weekend's match. Eintracht versus Hertha. The Kova, uh, the freaking that traitorous Benedict Arnold. Is he still Freddy employed Bovich. there? Yeah, he's still employed there. Oh. How does he have I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, so Hertha Berlin got spanked at the weekend in the Berlin Derby. They looked bad. Like, really, really bad. Like, statistically, they could have only been worse than Hoffenheim if Hoffenheim had not had to go, be, go down to, like, 10 men, like, early on. So, is what it is. They may have gotten a goal back from Luka Bakio, who we... I still rate as a player, but I'm looking at that Berlin team. I'm really not scared. I mean, it's one thing to play against uh, Greuther Firth, and you're like, I'm not scared of them, but you realize that they have a team ethos that will allow them to do well, or at least try. And and, and if they fail, it's they go out swinging, or like Balcom, do the same thing, only they get it right, unlike Greuther Firth. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at Hertha Berlin. I'm still sticking to my guns. This this is one of my three for the relegation. And we're going to, honestly, we're going to come out swinging. We're going to kick their ass. We're also going to rotate our squad a bit. And remember this. Um, right now, we're in the weird part of uh, our season. And I'm going to say it in this, we're going to have a very, very, very stacked season once Champions League gets started in, uh, what is it, like uh, the first week of, uh, first full week of September is when Champions League gets started. And until then, we basically are able to enjoy just a Bundesliga match every week. So you got 13th, you got 
Hertha that Sunday the 21st it's Cologne August at uh, August 28th uh, Sunday against Bremen Saturday September the 3rd against Leipzig after that it's two matches per week basically until uh, we get the real brief reprise from the internet by the international break in uh, mid-September and then it's two matches a week until the World Cup causes a halt in mid-November so this is time for Eintracht to get points without gassing them without tiring themselves out and uh, yeah I expect that Glasner will have this team rocking and rolling and I am predicting a 3-1 to one victory you know, I'm kind of with you. I don't see a lot from Hertha that scares me. Um, as far as scoring, they, they're kind of light compared to what they've done recently. They've shed a lot of money, uh, but they haven't brought in anything young and useful. Um, Luca Bacchio maybe is a threat. I don't know. Uh, the one thing that is a constant, though, is Daichi Kamada at the Olympia Stadion in Berlin, it, for some reason, every time he shows up there, he plays a match of his life. <laughs> so I think he's going to score two, and Frankfurt is going to win. I'm doing it already. Fourth match of the season, only my second time on this show this season. Uh, I'm calling a clean sheet, 3-0. Bingo. Both of us calling the wins. All right, Chris, it's time to turn out the lights on this episode 230 of the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. Where can we find you on social media? I am on Peloton, Instagram, Discord, Twitter, TikTok. I got all those. Can you believe that? Uh, at C in the D313. And you're how old again? Ah, just kidding. About it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. Uh, hey, on track Frankfurt is our address, is our uh, Instagram uh, account. Yeah. Yeah, that's the right one. <laughs> hey, Andrew Frankfurt at gmail.com is our email account. Hit us up there if you got questions or any suggestions. Or, hey, you know, you're a fan who wants to get in contact with us. It's like, are there any fans who are in this city? We will make sure that you find fellow Eintracht fans to meet up with, have a few beers with them. Yeah, watch the Eintracht win over Hertha. And yeah, facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. Latest news and information on Eintracht Frankfurt, all there. H-E-F-Pod.com will be up and running. We'll have much more uh, content going up there. Original content for everyone to enjoy. So, with, well, with uh, that all being said, uh, we're hoping to smash Hertha because Freddie Bowich is a dickhead. And until next time, cheers! Burners. Good gravy. Hey, I'm